I want to welcome you back to our series we're doing called Five Habits of the Healthy Holy Heart. And I uh, started this series last week, and what I'm talking about in this series, I'm asking the question, what are the things that really open us up internally to really allow God to do that deeper work? You know, when we think about habits of the faith, we will often think about things, well, we ought to go to church, or we ought to pray, or we ought to read our Bible, and those are all really good things that we ought to be doing. Um, but as I was thinking about this series, I started thinking about what are some some deeper things? What are some things that really allow God to really go down in here? And that's what I'm talking about in this series. Last week, if you weren't with us, I talked about the habit of humility. And it's a, just a great place to begin. And if you weren't here last week or if you weren't able to watch online, I really want to encourage you to either listen to the podcast or go back and watch the video. Again, not because I preached it, but just because I think it is a, a, such an important piece that when we come before God, we really do come with an awareness that he is God and we are not. And uh, we are in desperate need of what he offers us. And when we begin at that place of humility, God can begin to do some great work. Amen? But that's where it really begins. Today, I want to talk about a second habit um, that is one I know probably most of us practice some, but I'm going to guess we don't practice it nearly as much as we should, and that is the habit of confession. Now, I just want you to think about that, confession. Generally, when we use the word confession, often our minds will go to the Catholic faith and how they have a confessional that they go to where they confess their sins to a priest uh, in order to find forgiveness for that. And what's interesting is I think sometimes in, in our Protestant faith, we look at that practice and we kind of maybe even look down our nose a little bit at it like, well, they don't really need to do that because they can tell their, their sins directly to God. But yet I think we miss a vital point. That is, we all need to confess. Amen? We all need to confess. Now, what I want you to think about with me is just this. In your journey of faith, when's the last time you truly, honestly, from a deep heart level, really confessed to God what you were dealing with? That's what I want to talk about. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's uh, Frank Warren. In uh, 2004, <coughs> Frank Warren created a blog called Post Secret. And it was kind of a, an art project for him. He, was, he, he put on a blog that he sent out on the internet. He was wanting people to create handmade postcards in which they would tell him anonymously a secret. And the criteria was it had to be something true, and it had to be something that they had never told anyone before. And uh, so his goal was he was hoping to get at least 300 people who would send these things in. And what he was going to do was create this collage with it uh, as kind of an artwork of these are the secrets that, you know, that we share. And he was going to kind of create this thing. He was not prepared for the response. Again, he was hoping to get 300. And what began to happen were, were not just hundreds of postcards coming in, but literally thousands of postcards coming in. Throw that next picture up on the screen. There you can begin to, you can begin to see. 
all of these secrets that people began to send in, not just from, he, he lived in Maryland, and it wasn't just from Maryland or the East Coast. It was from across the United States and from several continents around the world. He was inundated with it, and he continued that project uh, over, the, over the course of, of the next uh, 10 years or so. He's, he continue, he's continued that project, and within 10 years, he had well over a million different postcards that were sent in where people were revealing them their secrets, their secrets the things that they had done, secret thoughts that they had, secret desires that they had, whatever it was. And it was so interesting. And I was reading this article about him and what he was doing. There were a couple of things that I thought were just pretty amazing. And one of the things that was this, in the interview with Frank Warren, he said this, he said, secrets are universal. Now listen to what he says. He says, I go to my mailbox and secrets are coming from, all, from different countries, from different continents, but they are all expressing the same taboos, the same longings, and the same heartbreak, and the same hope. He said, we think that our secrets separate us and make us different. He said, but if you find the courage to share your secret... We shatter that illusion. We see that secrets aren't walls, they are bridges. Let that sink in for a second. Secrets aren't walls, they are bridges. This is one of the, one of the terrific discoveries that we make in recovery. Because a lot of times for those of us who struggle with hurts, habits, or hang-ups, or addictions, we, you know, we think that we're the only one that deals with that kind of stuff. And, and we kind of isolate because of it. You know, every, anybody knew what I was dealing with, you know, they would think, oh, they're, they're a weird person. You know, they were strange. And, and what we happen when we come into recovery and we begin to share what we're dealing with, you know what we discover? We discover that there are all kinds of people that are struggling with the things that we are struggling with. It was so interesting. Um, a few years ago, I had a, a gal who came into my office to, to, to meet with me. And uh, she was sharing some of her struggle that she was, that she was going through. Um, she talked about the fact, she said, you know, Steve, she goes, I, I come in and I sit down in church. She goes, you know, everybody in Chartel, they're all so happy and they just look so good. And uh, she said, you know, I, I realize, she goes, I'm so alone because nobody deals with the stuff that I'm dealing with. And I started laughing and because I remembered where she had sat uh, just a couple weeks before when she had been at church. And I said, do you remember where you sat last time you were in church? She said, yeah. I said, I could tell you the names of a four, at least four people that I knew that were within 20 to 30 feet of you who were dealing with the exact same stuff that you are dealing with. You see, what we think, when we think about these things that we have that are secrets that we need to confess, we think that this is unique to us. It's not. The stuff that you're dealing with, guess what? Lots of people deal with it. Here is the other observation that Frank Warren made, and I thought this was fantastic. He says, I see this secret every time I go to my mailbox. I always see it expressed a little bit different way, but it's always there. He said, it, it's basically a story someone's telling me about trying to find that one person to whom they can tell their secrets to. He said, there's a com- this common thread, this search for intimacy. People are searching for that one person that we can be our whole and true selves with. Did you catch that? 
We're seeking for that one person that we can be our true and whole selves with. And you know what? I found that person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now, that's so important because when we talk about this, uh, this habit of confession that we need to develop in our life, we need to know that we have a God to whom we can go, whom we can pour our secrets out to. Do you do that? Take this journey with me. Take your sermon outline out and track with me for a few minutes. I want to walk you through, first of all, I want to start with the verse that we selected for our memory verse for the week. And it's a verse that I think is so, uh, that that we often need to just commit to memory uh, because it's so powerful uh, in in its meaning. It's from 1 John uh, 1, verses 8 and 9. Would you read that out loud with me, please? If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. You know what that's telling us? God is not afraid of the secret inside you. He's willing to meet you right where you are with his grace and power. Amen? Now, I sat down and I said, you know, what all do we need to confess? When we think about sitting down and, and really confessing our hearts to God, what do we need to confess? And I thought of a few things. You ready? Here we go. We need to confess our sins. That's where we're going to start. We need to confess our sins. We mentioned that. I don't care who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, or how long you've been there. Everybody look at me. Hear this loud and clear. God's grace is greater than all of your sin. Can I say that again? God's grace is greater than all of your sin. Now, that's so important because along the way, the enemy is going to try to convince you that, one, you're not worthy of the grace of God, and you're not, but God offers it to you anyway. But he's also going to try to convince you that whatever it is that you have done, wherever it is you have been, that somehow that's beyond the grace of God, and it is not. We need to confess that sin to God. I love what Psalm says in Psalm 32.5. Read it out loud with me. He said, finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. Now, stop there for a second. Boy, isn't that exactly what we do? You know, we feel guilty, and, you know, we come to church, and we're not looking up. It's kind of like if we keep our head down, God can't see us, you know, kind of stuff. And we try to hide it, and we can't, we can't hide it. God already sees it. But when we confess it, we stop trying to hide it. What happens? Read the rest of it with me. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Everybody look at me. If you sinned this past week, if you failed this past week, if somehow you have fallen short, the word that's translated sin in the New Testament is simply a word that means to miss the mark. And if you miss the mark with God, if you confess it with a sincere heart, guess what? All your guilt can be gone as well. Amen? Confess confess your sins. Secondly, confess your needs. Confess your needs. When I was thinking about confession, I thought, man, sometimes it's hard for us to actually admit we need God's help. It's almost like if I tell God how much I need his help, that somehow that's a lack of faith in me. No, it's not. One of the signs of maturity in your walk of faith is the realization of just how much you need him. No, look look at me. It's the belief that you don't need God's help that gets you in all kinds of trouble. Amen? Confess your need to him. Again, Psalm 86.1. Read it out loud with me, church. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. 
answer me, for I need your help. Read that last phrase again, for I need your help. Number three, confess your fears. Confess your fears. I think sometimes, too, our fears are those things that we find difficult to admit because it's like if I really tell God what I'm afraid of, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lack of faith on my part. And, and sometimes we're so afraid of our fears that we're afraid to say our fears. But yet again, I think that's one of the things that creates bondage in our life and one of those things that we need to admit. We're, we're all human and some of us struggle with things and some of us, I promise you, we are bound by fear. Have you ever just confessed that to God? I love what, again, what the psalmist says, Psalm 34, 4, read it with me, church. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. He freed me from all my fears. Number four, confess your temptations. Confess your temptations. Come on, it's just us. How many of you are honest enough to admit that you're tempted from time to time? Yeah, everybody but the liars. Yeah, yeah. I forgot who the preacher was that said, you know, if you don't find yourself running into the enemy from time to time, it's probably because you and he are going the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, temptation, temptation is one of those things we'll find in our verse that, you know, it's, it's something that we, that we all deal with. And, and here's the deal. What's, what's really funny is that sometimes we're afraid to, to confess to God that we're being tempted as if the temptation itself is sin. No, it's not. Temptation only proves that you're human. It's when we're willing to admit that, God, this is, this is appealing to me. This is appealing to me. This is attracting me. This is pulling at my heart a little bit. When you can, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the message, but when you, can, when you can stop the work of the enemy on the front end, you don't go down that road with him. Does that make sense to you? And confessing our temptations is a huge step in the right direction if we want to have a healthy, holy heart. Let me read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 for you. Paul said, the temptations in your life, guess what? They're no different from whatever other people experience. And God is what, church? He's faithful. He will not allow, listen to this, you, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Read the last sentence with me. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. God will show you a way out, but you have to admit that you're being tempted. Let me give you one more. And I'm actually going to talk about this in a message uh, in just a few weeks, but I want to mention it here. And that is confess your blindness. Confess your blindness. When I was working on this message, the, the thought I had was this idea that, you know, when I thought about my own, my own walk with God, my own need to confess, I thought about when I've done that well and when, I, when I've not done it well. But I, one of the things that hit me was I'm not always aware of what's going on in my heart and life that I need God's help with. Have you, have you ever, can you relate to this? Sometimes I'm, I, I'm, I realize that when I look at my life, I look at it like this, and God sees it like this. And so a part of this confession is this idea that, God, I don't see me the way you see me, and I need you to show me some stuff that I'm missing. Amen? Here's how the psalmist said it. Read it with me. Psalm 19, 12. 
How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these. Cleanse me from what? Hidden faults. Now, again, we're going to talk about this in a few weeks, uh, but I, I just think that's part of that confession is that, God, as I'm confessing my heart to you, what I know is I'm not nearly as smart as you. I don't see what you see. You're going to have to help me with the things that I'm blind to. Now, here we go. Let me, let me talk about as you practice this idea of confession, here are some things I want you to keep in mind. Here's the first one. Confession reminds us that we are daily in need of a Savior. Confession reminds us that we are in daily in need of a Savior. I love it. Psalm 68, 19. Read it with me, church. Praise the Lord. Praise God, our Savior. For each day, he carries us in his arms. When I'm thinking about when Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, what we know is the Lord's Prayer. He said, and give us this day our, our what? Daily bread. Now, that phrase is actually a throwback to Exodus where God created the manna each morning for the Israelites to come out. The manna was only good for a day. And then the next morning, they had to go out and gather more. And it was God's way of teaching the people that you can't just depend on me once and that be good for the rest of your life. You need to realize I'm there for you every day. The mercies of the Lord are new when, church? Every morning. Every morning. And why are the mercies of the Lord new every morning? Because we need the mercies of the Lord every single day of our life. And confession, when I make that a daily practice, is that daily reminder, yes, Lord, I needed you on Sunday when I bared my heart to you, but you know what, God? I need you on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah, I, need, I need you on, on all of those days. Every single day, I need the help of God. Amen? Confession reminds me, man, I don't need you just once, God. I need you every single day. Now, when you make a confession, Here's something that really uh, will help it become powerful, and that is that confession calls for rigorous honesty. Confession calls for rigorous honesty. <laughs> okay, come on, look at me, hear my heart. Anybody honest enough to admit that there have been times where you have told the truth, but you haven't told the whole truth and nothing but the truth? <laughs> and that our human nature? And, and I, I thought when I was thinking about confession, I was thinking about how we do that with God. You know, how we, we come before God, and, and even when we confess, we, we don't fully confess the deep things of our heart. We don't fully confess the, those dark thoughts that we've been thinking or those things that are really, you know, we, we confess something, and it's almost like if I tell God about the surface stuff, I really don't have to talk to him. I can tell God part of the truth and maybe slide by him. We can call that a confession. No, 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 no. If you want to really embrace confession for a healthy, holy heart, it calls for rigorous honesty. It calls for you being able to go into your heart and really tell God what is there. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 51.6. Read it out loud with me. You deserve honesty from the heart, utter sincerity and truthfulness. Oh, give me this wisdom. I, uh, I saw a cute video uh, this week 
that um, was about this whole idea of honesty. It was a, a clip from Jimmy Kimmel uh, show, and it's Jimmy Kimmel interviewing a five-year-old little girl, uh, kindergartner, who he has hooked up to this make-believe lie detector machine. And he tells her, he lies to her and tells her it's a lie detector machine. And then he begins to ask her a series of questions. And it is absolutely hysterical. But I thought this is a great picture of our human nature and how hard it is for us to be honest. Play that video clip for me, would you? Make sure the I had a good idea loud. recently, and that idea was to hook kids up to what they think is a lie detector. Uh, they think that because I lied to them and told them it was a lie detector. <laughs> anyway, we've done this a few times now, and people seem to enjoy it, so we went ahead and did it again, this time with an adorable young lady whose name is Joelle. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Now, this is the Truth Fairy. The Truth Fairy is going to hook you up to this machine. Go ahead and start doing that. This is called a lie detector. Do you know what that is? No. A lie detector is a machine that is able to, to know if you're telling the truth or not. Okay? So I'm going to ask you to just tell the truth, the whole truth, and not a half truth. Okay? Okay. Is that comfortable on your head? Yeah. Okay. We're off to a bad start. Just is that, It feels a little uncomfortable, right? Okay. What is your name? Joelle. Okay, Joelle. How old are you? Five and a half. And what grade are you in? Kindergarten. Kindergarten? Do you like all the other kids at school? A few not. A few not. Who do you have a problem with? Um, once I was playing on the playground, this guy was being really mean to me, so I don't like that guy. His name's Riley. Riley. Okay, Riley. All right. Anybody else? Um, no. Nobody else? Do you um, secretly love Riley? No. A little bit? Just a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, sometimes that happens when boys will tease girls at school and they're mean to them. It's because they really like them. Did you know that? No. So I have a feeling Riley has a crush on you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever killed anyone? No. Do you think you ever will kill anyone? No. Okay, that's good. Do you know who let the dogs out? Yeah. Who? 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 Who let the dogs out? Who? That's weird that it would do that, huh? Are you always nice to the other kids in your class? Um, yes. Not always? Not always. Yeah. What do you do sometimes? I'm like, I have a friend named Jaden, and then once I tagged someone on her, because when I was drawing, she just scribble-scrabbled on it. Oh, she scribble-scrabbled all over your drawing? Mm hmm And you tattled on her? Yeah. And you felt like that wasn't a nice thing to do? Yeah. But why did she scribble-scrabble all over your drawing? I don't know. That wasn't a nice thing for her no. to do. Would you ever scribble-scrabble on her no, drawing? No, You would scribble-scrabble on her drawing? Mm, yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I thought. All right. Do you have any secrets that you're keeping from me? Yes. Mm, what are they? I like Griffin. You like Griffin? Who's Griffin? He, there's a boy in school, and he's really cute. Oh, he is? His name's Griffin? Does he know you think he's cute? Yeah, because once he chased me. Uh-huh. That's how you know. Did you let him catch you? 
No. But secretly you want him to keep chasing you, don't you? Yes. Isn't that always the way? That's why we can't figure women out. I mean, what is it with you people? You know? Yeah. Anything you want to ask the truth, Fairy? Go ahead. For my birthday, can you buy me a gumball machine? Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got that settled. Well, thank you very much. It was very nice to meet you. Thank you for telling the truth most of the time. I cracked up just watching that, and but it was it's such human nature, and I just kept thinking about how in our confessions with God, if we wore one of those things, how it would go, ah, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really not angry, God, ah, you know, I'm really not being tempted, God, ah, you know, I'm really not dealing with that, God, ah, I'm really not struggling, God, ah, you know, over and over and over again. Look at me, hear my heart. God knows what's on your heart before you ever speak it. There are no secrets you can keep from him. And so when, when we confess, we can be rigorously honest because here's the deal, gang. God knows your deepest, darkest secret, and you know what? He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway and stands before you with open arms. Let, let me tell you something else that confession, why this is so important. Confession keeps struggles from becoming strongholds. Confession keeps struggles from becoming strongholds. You know, nobody gets up one day and says, I want to be an addict. Nobody gets up one day and says, I want to be bound by bitterness. You know what happens? Things like that start as small struggles in our life, and rather than confessing them, and dealing with them before God, we, we cover them up or we pretend what, that they're not there. And what we do is we empower the enemy when we do this. Now, let me, let me show you this. Nate, can I get you to help me for a second? Come on up on stage, bud. Leave your coffee. There you go. Yeah. Now, this is my youngest son, Nathan. And obviously, because he's my son, he has never sinned before in his life. But because he is his mother's son, he probably has sinned before in his life. <laughs> but just leave your hands down at your side. But here's what happens. When, when the enemy comes, I'm just going to wrap this around you. When the enemy comes, he comes with this temptation or he comes with this, with this temptation in our life. Now, can you move your arms out a little bit? Like, okay, yeah, see how he goes. See, when the enemy first comes, you, Nate, Nate's got, Nate's strong anyway. I mean, he's an ex-Marine, baby. Well, not, you're never an ex-Marine. He's, uh, he's a Marine who's no longer in the Corps. But um, he, Nate, Nate, you know, he can, he can still in it. He can push back. So the enemy's tempting Nate, but he's, you know, but Nate can come. Like he's, I'm, I know that's there. I know I'm being tempted. I know this thing's there, but you know, I can, I can, I can still move. But if, if Nate keeps playing with that temptation, what begins to happen is the enemy comes and he, he binds him a little more. And he binds him, ooh, that's tight, a little more to where it becomes harder and harder. Now, here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to get. Nate didn't start out being in bondage. He started out just simply dealing with a struggle. 
But the more room that we give the enemy, the longer we put off confessing and dealing with this before God, the more we empower the enemy to put these chains around us. Does this make sense to you? So even if you're uh, you know, a Marine for God, along the way, we can allow the enemy to bind us by simply not confessing and dealing with these struggles that we have in our life. Thank you, bud. Give Nate a hand, would you? Thank you, buddy. Passage of Scripture from Psalm 32.3. Read this out loud with me. The psalmist said, There was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was, but my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. The enemy takes things that are planted as seeds. They start as temptations. They start as little wounds. For, for instance, if you can imagine, that, let's say Nate's issue was that somebody offended him. And he's thinking about that offense. But rather than saying, you know, Lord, I need, I need to forgive, let's say he begins to nurse that. And, and the enemy begins to whisper in Nate's ear and says, you know what? You don't deserve to be treated that way. Nobody has a right to say that to you or to do that to you. And, and Nate begins, yeah, you know, you're right. And what we're doing, we're, the enemy's beginning to, to wrap that. And that, that seed of, of, of frustration or that seed of anger begins to grow and it begins to develop. And, and he wakes up the next day. And, and what begins to happen when that, you start seeing everything through that lens. And, and every day the, the enemy is lying. And every day he's wrapping a stronger cord until, until one day, if you nurture that long enough, you've got this big ball of bitterness inside that has roots way back in something small, but now it's just consuming you. When you confess the struggles, you keep them from becoming strongholds. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one last thought this morning. Don't simply confess to alleviate the guilt. Confess to align your heart. Don't simply confess to alleviate the guilt. Confess to align your heart. You know, I think sometimes when we think of confession, you know, we use that phrase, confession is good for the soul, and it is. Confession is a great way to get the poison out but only if we're really getting the poison out. Confession isn't helpful and it isn't cleansing if we're simply acknowledging what God already knows with no desire to remove it from our lives. Confession, everybody look at me. Confession goes hand in hand with repentance. And repentance is changing the way that we think, changing the direction that we're going. Repentance is, is moving in, in, a, in a different way. It comes out of recognizing that this tendency that I have or this behavior that I have or this attitude that I have or this habit that I have, that it's not of God. It's not helping me to be a man or woman of God. It is taking me away from God and not toward God. That's when confession truly does its cleansing work. I love the passage of Scripture there on your outline, Psalm 51, 17. Read this out loud. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. 
You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. Look, circle those words on your outline. Broken, repentant. You see, those are the keys to to true confession. Um, I put the statement in my notes, and I, I put it there in your outline for you to remember. It says, you know what? It doesn't help to admit you're going the wrong way unless you're ready to start going the right way. And can we be honest? Sometimes we do this. Sometimes we do this. You know, I've struggled with this like, like some of you have. It's like we, 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 we see we're on the path and we go, you know, Lord, I'm on the wrong path. Forgive me, God. I'm on the wrong path. Help me, God. I'm on the wrong path. But there's no real desire to, to leave that path. It's somehow like if I just tell God what I'm doing, that that makes me okay with God and it kind of guarantees that I won't go to hell and everything's going to be all right. No, 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 no. Confession is about saying, I, I want to go a different direction. It's like, Lord, oh God, I'm on the wrong path. Lord, I know this is not. Help me to make a turn. And you know what? We begin to walk a different way. God isn't wanting to just cover our sins so we can repeat them. God is wanting to remove this stuff from our life so we can be free from them. Amen? What do you need to confess today? Is there sin there? Maybe there's some of us who are watching online or maybe some of us who are here and maybe... You know, maybe we've never invited Christ to truly forgive us. Maybe we've never come to a place of really being able to admit, God, I'm a sinner. And maybe today you need to confess that. Or maybe you've invited Christ to be your Savior, but you know, you've sinned this last week. You know, this last week or month or so, you, you've said things you shouldn't have said, done things you shouldn't have done. Maybe you've gone places you shouldn't have gone. You, you know what's going on in your life. Maybe you've had attitudes you know that shouldn't be there. Maybe this morning what you need to do is just confess that sin to God. Look at me. He already knows. He's not appalled by it. He understands, and he stands with open arms. We confess our sins. What's he? He's willing and ready, faithful to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you need to confess your needs today. Maybe you've been trying to do it all on your own, and maybe today is the day you just need, God, I've been trying to do this by myself, and I can't. I need you. Maybe some of you came with fear today, and you've got some fears. You just need to get on the table before God and say, Lord, these things are, they're enslaving me, and I need you to help me overcome them. Or, or maybe, maybe you haven't sinned. But maybe you are feeling yourself being tempted. Tempted to be bitter. Tempted to do something you know you shouldn't do. Tempted to go down a path you know you shouldn't be on. Tempted to be somebody you know you shouldn't be. Look at me. Please hear my heart. Sin is a lot easier to defeat on the smaller level than it is before you allow it to grow in your life. Amen. We've got a song. It's just a beautiful, beautiful song. It's an old chorus that says, change my heart, oh God. And as we sing that together, I want this to be your confessional this morning before God. Jesus Christ is our high priest. He's interceding for the Father before us today. And as we sing this song, I just want you to bear your heart and whatever it is that you need to confess to God.
If any of you feel the need to get up and come and you want to kneel in an altar, just kind of make it a, a defining mark in your life, you're more than welcome to do that. But whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're struggling with, don't struggle with it anymore. I confessed everything to you, and God forgave me. Let's make that your prayer this morning. Lord, that's our prayer today. You hear every one of our prayers as we confess our hearts before you. You know what's going on inside. You know what's going on in our lives. You know what we need your grace, your power, your strength, your peace, your courage. Father, today, as we cry out to you from not just in this audience, but for everyone watching online from wherever they are in the world today, Lord, would you stretch out your hand? Would you bless us today with the, the, your powerful presence? Would you meet us right where we're at? Would you let your grace just flow over us? Father, would you remind us that you see our need, you see our sin before we ever speak, before the confession is even on our lips. You already know what's going on in our lives and our heart. And so this morning, Father, we thank you in advance for meeting us at our point of need. Father, as we confess these things before you, Lord, we don't want to continue to walk on them, walk in them. We don't want to continue to be the way that we've been. We confess these things before you, Lord, because we want to walk a different path. We want to walk a different day. Lord, today we not only confess, we repent. And we claim the victory that is ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's in his precious name that we pray. And everyone said together, amen, amen.